Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the Robin Ludberg Show coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. What's your thoughts on the return of fans? And the behavior we've seen from a portion of them, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. You know, it's hard. It's easy to centralize a topic around a player or something, you know, right? Like you say, so-and-so, is he the goat? <laughs> or, you know, is he a, a choker or a failure? And there's an easy, you're talking about one person. But then think about that conversation, even in and of itself, you know? Um, is so-and-so a choker? Is so-and-so the GOAT? You're still talking about a person, right? And you hear yourself talked about and someone saying you're garbage or you're awesome. You know, I, I go through this in my line of work, in my profession. There is a, a mental aspect to it. You know, I have people on Twitter all the time who are saying either great things to me or hateful things. Me, uh, hateful is maybe strong, but like jerk things. Right. Like uh, I because, uh, you know, there there's a certain there's almost a a limit in what they can say to me because there's no slurs or anything that they could throw my way, you know, based on my my background and stuff like that. But as far as like just like mean stuff, you see that all the time. And that that is, you know, got a pale in comparison. I mean, it not got to. It does pale in comparison to a, a real legitimate celebrity. So I, I have to sometimes think about that in what I'm doing. Because I'm talking about people. I'm talking about individuals. I'm talking about human beings. And just because they play a sport doesn't mean I should talk about them in a fashion that I wouldn't talk about somebody else. And and I, I know part of the, um, you know, part of the almost DNA of sports talk radio has been to, you know, call somebody a bum or say somebody, you know, is, is the greatest or what, what have you and, and all sorts of, you know, even have a rant, almost like a, a personal sounding rant at somebody. And it's something I do think about. It's something I do think about when I frame either the, the articles I write or the videos I do at, at Sports Illustrated or, you know, the, the, the thoughts I, I, I give out on the air here at CBS Sports Radio, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time every Saturday morning. You can grab the podcast, odyssey.com. You know, that is, is something I, I think about, you know, because you do have to go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's somebody you're talking about. That, you know, that's that's got to... Uh, some are, are are better at handling it than others. Some have more experience. Some probably take it more personally. 
Some just tune it out and don't pay any attention to it. But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And and that's just, I'm talking about like discussion, right? And then you have the actual interactions. And And I do think sometimes that comes across in the actual interactions where people lose sight of the fact that, you know, you're dealing with another human being, a fellow individual. Would you ever in your life think about going to somebody's house or an event and treating somebody that way? Just dumping popcorn on them, spitting on them. Chant. I mean, uh, the 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 chant from the Knicks fans to Trey Young, the F Trey Young thing, is kind of the line, right? Where eh, I wouldn't say that with my chest, just because I wouldn't chant F somebody else, just not me. I understand in that instance, that's more in good fun. That's more like part of the spirit of the game. So that's where I say it's kind of the line, right? I personally. I think there's, you know, more creative chants you can come up with. It's not something I would say. It's not something I would chant. I just can't feel compelled to chant that about somebody else, even if it is in the spirit of it. But I understand that's not coming from a, you know, mean-spirited place, right? That's not coming from a, a, a you know, a, a any historical background or personal background. It's just... Something fans are trying to say because we want a, your, our team to beat your team, and you, you've been good. It's a, almost a compliment <laughs> in a weird roundabout way. But when you see that, that people are saying personal things or, or, or mean-spirited things and then acting in such a belligerent way, you, you can't help but know that that is, in fact, a reflection on society. It is. And... You know, how many instances have you seen in the last several years of of a person acting in a way that should you would think any decent human being wouldn't want to to replicate or wouldn't be the the model that you would point to the golden rule, I guess. Right. Do unto the others as you would want to have done unto you. That is not being followed. Now, it's such a, a tough topic, like I said, because. There are different degrees of what's being done and what's being said. You know, the racist stuff that has been said in the past and still, of course, is said. It falls into one bucket. And if you don't disagree that that's awful, I I give up. Then you have the other bucket, which is, you know, the the – Belligerent is the the best word I can come up with. Actions of some fans. And if you don't disagree with that, I give up. Uh, And then there's the fan as a whole. And for the most part, it's been great to have fans back in the building. But sometimes a few bad apples can make it look like the whole bunch is spoiled. And I, I don't know how, you know, large that few is. But it's a shame that, you know, they have uh, marred what I think was an overall positive for sports and sports fans, which is people getting back into buildings. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Let's go next to Justin in Kentucky. Justin, you're on with Robin Lundberg here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, Robin? Good. How are you? 
Not bad. Uh, I, I just had a comment. I mean, a couple things. I think it's good to have fans back in the uh, arenas and stadiums just because now you get a feel for home field advantage or home court advantage. Sure. Uh, it gives, you know, a uh, benefit for the teams doing well during the regular season. Um, another thing, you talk about the fans being belligerent. I mean, look at look at the uh, youth, youth sports in the high school uh, uh, sports, how some of the fans react there. And they don't even pay for the tickets, you know, or pay much. Yeah. And it's like a sense of entitlement that you pay – Fifty bucks to a hundred dollars or more for a ticket that you can say whatever you want. It's it's not you know you gotta keep it classy, man. Well, and you're also telling on yourself, right? Because yeah. you know, like it's not an imaginary zone you're entering. You're not in an imaginary play area. Well, first of all, even if it was, even if it was a, a place where it had no impact on real life. That's what you want to do? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's the things you want to come out of your mouth. That's the way you want to come across. Something's wrong nope. with you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the call, man. But but th- th- you're telling on yourself. Like, who behaves in that fashion? I think that's cool. I don't know, man. Like I said, uh, uh, there's part of me that just wants to laugh about it. And people I, just know that there's not going to be any real like major consequence. Like they're not going to get like punched in the face. Because again, yeah. you know, most of these people are not going to go up to someone in the street and do that because then they know they're going to have to engage in a fight. They feel like protected and safe that they're in the stands. That you know that the, you know nobody's going to do anything to them. That again, one of these sp- players not going to you know c- come up and, and 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 knock them out. You spit on somebody, we got to fight. You know, like that's that's kind of an unwritten rule. You know, we talk about baseball's unwritten rules. Basically, an unwritten rule of society. Some you spit on somebody, they're gonna punch you in the face. That's that's the the proper appropriate response. You get your face rocked. I, you know, I was I uh, I threw out on Twitter um, the other day. Got a lot of response. What's the most famous incident of somebody spitting on another person? And I, I suggested it might be Vince McMahon and Bret Hart. After the Montreal Screwjob, uh, if anybody doesn't know real quickly, the Montreal Screwjob was a, a match between Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, and unlike what is traditional with professional wrestling, where everybody knows what's going to happen at the end of the match um, as they perform it, one person, Bret Hart, thought the match was going one way, while Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels had orchestrated another plan where when Bret Hart was put in a submission move, his own move, the sharpshooter, the bell would be rung prematurely, and it, it would be acted like he, he submitted so that he would lose the match, even though he did not want to lose that match. He was about to leave the company. They didn't want him to take the belt and, and go to another company, but he felt betrayed, and immediately after, he spit right in Vince McMahon's face, and then he punched him in the locker room after. Uh, you know, there, A lot of people brought up Seinfeld, but that's not a real thing, the Keith Hernandez spit. There was something pumpkin from one of those reality shows, I, I can't really recall, but I knew that when people were sending me the picture, I, I recognized the person. Uh, and Roberto Alomar. Oh, wow, was, Pumpkin. I love New York. Yeah, I flavor love New of York. Fla- it was Flavor of Love, flavor, I guess. Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot uh, about that reality show. I do watch that, yeah. Roberto Alomar was another one that people brought up, but that's like a, that's a sick, disgusting thing to spit on somebody. Let's go to Dre in Fort Worth. Dre, you're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing, man? Enjoy your show. Uh, I think one of the problems with uh, the fans right now, number one, a lot of fans, like you say, they feel safe because a lot of times, like, for example, 
the uh the the malice in the palace. You know, that happened and they really blame the players for that. But let's understand what really started that that fan throwing the beer on on uh on Metal World Peace. And it's like it shows you what's going on in society. Cause as much as we would like to say that racism is dead, we know better than that. I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm a black man and I deal with it on a very regular basis. And I'm down here in Texas, so you know it's big out here. But one thing that I did want to say, I just want to ask you a question about the Mavericks series. I know you were talking about the series earlier. Yeah. I think the Mavericks probably got one of the worst defenses in the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You up 32-11 and you blow that lead. That is that is ridiculous, to say the least. Well, look, uh, the Mavericks, are, are, are as a team, you look beyond Luka Doncic, it's not that talented a squad. Now, Kristaps Porzingis just has to be better. He's been uh, a disappointment, you know, to point blank. Since he got to Dallas, he's been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, and in this series, he, he's been a, a disappointment. Um, yeah. You know, beyond that, though, who on that roster? I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is pretty good, but he's got to be like your fourth best guy. I think if if you're really going to be making noise, he's got to be like your fourth best guy. Luka yep. Doncic is, is, you know, transcendent. He's unbelievable. They're up 2 nothing because of that. Uh, but that should be more almost embarrassing for the Clippers. Uh, as far as the Mavericks go, the, the, the rest of the roster needs to be upgraded. Uh, I'm pretty sure they embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, they were, right? And that was part of their response. And, and, and thanks for the call, man. Uh, the, the Clippers, you know, I, I – uh, was I said something about Kawhi Leonard earlier this week, and it was basically the theme of it was, you know, the guy's a great player. He's a great individual player, but his lack of ability to playmake for others, his lack of general leadership, and the fact that defensively, you know, he, Luke has been allowed to do what he, he did. It, it kind of shows anybody who was ever putting him in the conversations with LeBron, he didn't really belong there. And even now, I don't think he's, he's quite Luka, because of that playmaking aspect, but he really responded too. So uh, Kawhi deserves a lot of credit for, for the kind of game he played uh, again last night. Paul George came through too. The, I mean, those two really did carry the Clippers in, in that one. They're that duo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Let's go next to Sam in Canton, Ohio. Sam, you're up with Robin Lundberg here on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Sam? Hey, Robin. Thanks for taking my call. Robin, uh, you know, I, I believe it's uh, – a great thing to be passionate about the game, all right, uh, whether it's basketball or baseball or football. And as fans, you should be able to, you know, enjoy the games and express your pleasure or displeasure, but there are limits, okay? And my belief is is that, unfortunately, civility has become something that has been lost in society as a whole. They say sports is a microcosm of society. And, you know, you look at politics and the way people interact and so on. It doesn't surprise you that things go on at sporting events. But where I'm going with this is there's a point where the line is crossed, Robin. And when you're uh, physically accosting someone or spitting on someone or throwing something at them, where you're putting that individual on the teams that are playing in danger or maybe other spectators. And at that point, I honestly believe that they should take stringent action that if they catch the person in question who's doing this, that they should be placed under arrest and that there should be a, a stiff 
jail sentence, you know, given to these individuals, because what will ultimately happen, Robin, is that I think they'll just erect, you know, plexiglass uh, sheets in front of all the fans at all these games. And, you know, the fans won't be able to interact at all with them, with the players at all. I wanted to ask you, did they catch any of these guys who were responsible for these activities at these games, the spitting or the pouring yeah. out of popcorn? Yeah, they got banned, right? And 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 I don't necessarily disagree with your your point. Um, and and thank you for the call. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. Like, I don't know how effective the banning is. So you got banned for life. Like, I mean, I I don't know. And, and it's not just the physical stuff; it's the verbal stuff too, right? There there. There's a line for all of that. The The line for the physical stuff is there is no line. Just don't do it, right? Like, you do not touch somebody else. You don't throw things at people. I mean, what the hell? That needs to be said out loud. And then the verbal stuff. There's a line there, too. Don't take personal shots at people. Don't say spew hate at people. That shouldn't need to be said either. Fun chants, booing, you know, all that stuff. Trying to get in their head. Okay. But I, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. What am I going to say? That's like inventive or like topics like this just become a, a contest to see who can have the most outrage or the most, you know, the biggest rant or the, the, the tear them apart the most. It should be plainly obvious. It's sad and pathetic that it isn't. And it is, you know, again, a microcosm of society to a sense, in an extent, yeah. I mean, look at some of the behavior we've seen from people. That, the behavior that was greenlit over the last however many years. So that part of it's not a surprise, but it's still a surprise. Anytime I see a human being act in that fashion, an adult human being. 855-212-4227. With that said, I am glad fans are back. So things could be, you know, simple and complicated at the same time. 855-212-4227. Uh, topic, a topic that relates to this, uh, and I do believe requires nuance, was out of the world of tennis with Naomi Osaka. I, I do want to get to that and, and, and what's going on with her and, and the, you know, the, the tennis association um, based on a boycott of, of doing uh, press at, at the, the French Open as well. But I, I want your thoughts on, on fans and their return, their behavior. What do we do about it? I guess that's the ultimate answer. Like any of us can say it's trash uh, and unacceptable. But what do, we, what do you do about it? 855-212-4227 at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. It is the Robin Lundberg Show here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. You got to lose yourself in the moment. The moment you own it, but not too much. Because otherwise, you'll let everybody know you're a loser. And that's what you've seen with some fans as of late. Great to have fans back in the building. Not so great to see the way some of them have behaved. Which means, you know, I talk about fans like it's a subcategory of people. Some people have behaved. Just like professional athletes are people. They are individuals. Fans are people. They are individuals. Go in. We should respect one another. That should be basic. But apparently not. I don't know. Like, what's the solution? Maybe that's the challenge. How do you punish? You know, how do you punish in a way that 
changes things. Does banning fans from arenas do it? Does arresting them do it? Is it just throw your hands up in the air and give up because that's just how people are? Some people are. Alex in Dallas, what do you think? You're on with Robin Lundberg here on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you bums doing this morning? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> I had, you know, it just, I just had this moment of clarity listening to the show, which, by the way, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. You know, when I was a kid, my dad would take me to uh, Steelers games, and, you know, you'd see, like, you know, I'm up there. I'm, like, 60 years old. And, you know, you see Jim Brown come to town or Bart Starr, you know, and these guys seem so far away and so unapproachable and you didn't know anything about them, which in my mind just made them more iconic. And now, you know, I know everything about an athlete I need to know, you know, because of social media, because of 24 seven sports. And, you know, I think some of these people just get the idea. They actually know these people, you know, and it's, it drives me nuts. You know, it's like you don't know them mm-hmm. just because they did a couple tweets and you see them on you know, your screen. Just watch the game. Enjoy it. Enjoy what they do. They're not your friends. You know what? It, I think they see them almost as a character, though, right? Like, you're right, I, and, and, and I appreciate the call and the thought. I, they, there is more knowledge, which should – Theoretically, you could lead to more creativity if you thought of it that way, but it can also lead to being more personal. Um, but I think people see them as a character almost, or you know, like a, a, a somebody that they're watching on a TV show. Um, and, and LeBron, for instance, you know the the things that you see said about LeBron, the way it's said in in, in any direction, because he's he's so like larger than life. He's talked about so much and. People don't then, I don't think, have that human attachment and think, oh, yeah, he's still a person, too. He's an individual, too. Every single person on every single one of these rosters, just like every single person who's in those stands, all individuals with thoughts, feelings, perspectives, you know, and that there is that level of dehumanizing that I do, in, in fact, think happens in the relationship between fans and, and, and pro athletes, and, and that's something that needs to be addressed. It, but that can only be addressed inside an individual's head. You know, take a, take, take a, take a breath. What would Tim Tebow do? <laughs> Ask yourself, what would Tim Tebow do? Kevin in Green Bay. Kevin, you're up next here on the Robin Ludberg Show. What's going on? Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um I just uh, when you when you went to the intro uh, talking about uh, you know players are people too. I, I agree. I think I think people tend to forget that. Um, and somebody mentioned uh, from Texas before they were talking about Russell Westbrook and and uh, race race relations. Um, it's it's uh, it's been a long uh, history of uh, Russell having uh, interactions with fans that that are negative. Uh, what I'm wondering is uh, if if you think. Uh, these uh these recent things uh are race related or is it is it just uh, a russell westbrook uh kind of issue that he keeps that he keeps running into um he, he's a great player uh he, he has been for a long time um i'm just wondering if, if you think that uh the issue is uh 
greater uh, than uh, than just like a personality issue. Uh, I, I I'd love to hear your input. Thank you. I think it depends on the person we're talking about. Uh, the you know the interaction we're talking about. I, I I don't think it's. I think there are plenty of these incidents that have nothing to do with race, right? Like nothing, just a fan drunk, acting stupid, or uh, you know a. a, a belligerent person trying to show off uh or they see this person on their tv screen as it was mentioned and they you know i don't like him i don't like this guy uh so i i think that is is a lot of it right they were just not that that race is is not connected then i think there are plenty of times where it's downright racism where you know we've heard what has been relayed uh what has been said and it's downright racist there are there are those cases, and then there is that area that is hard to define. Where remember Kyrie said subtle racism, and, and you know I, I think you hear, hear a certain word or you hear a certain phrase or, or or the way you know the words that are used, and you can say all right that's clearly racist right, but then there's a tone that can come across or. Oh, you know, the word, it, it used to be more common, you know, until people realized it, it, it the way it was used. I, I remember growing up, I used to say it all the time. You basketball players get labeled thugs. And I don't see that for other sports. Hockey players don't get labeled thugs for fighting. And they fight on the ice all the time. Baseball players don't get labeled thugs for throwing at, at another player. And then somebody runs out and it, it, they start a brouhaha. That they, but a basketball player there's any incident like that and they were labeled thugs and that I, I obviously thought had racial undertones and you've seen now if somebody uses that word thug people will call them out and it's almost become a you know a, a word that cannot be used in that context so there is that you know area that are some of these people do they they tr- they have that they come in with a level of disrespect because, you know, a player is black or of a, a different ethnic background, depending on who it is. Yeah, maybe in some of the cases. Sure. There's that level of, you know, and we've seen again, I, I, I'm not, you know, this doesn't get pulled out of nowhere. Look at the things that have been said over the last however many years, four years. I mean, it goes beyond that, but particularly like almost greenlit like you know that have been put out in the open the way people have behaved the things that have been said that have become acceptable so you know that's out there so of course that's going to cross over into sport so when you ask are they race related in some cases absolutely not in some cases absolutely and in some cases uh, it could be a factor an underlying factor but it's not as plain to see or obvious. So, I mean, that's the real answer. That's the real answer. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg show. It is the Robin Lundberg show here on CBS sports radio and Kalik in Charlotte. You're on the show. What's going on? Robin, man, I got a few points of discussion. I wanted to bring up with you, man. Uh, first of all, your playback in music, man, when you're coming back from a commercial break is awesome, man. You're taking me back to my glory days of the late 90s, early 2000s, man. So keep it coming. There you all go. Right? We're, we're, we're from the same era. 
All right. Uh, second of all, I wanted to see if any of your fans remembered, uh, man, one of the most famous spitting incidents when uh, Bill Romanowski um, spit on the uh, San Francisco 49ers wide receiver. I think that his was name another was, one. Uh, J.J. Stokes. Yeah, that was another one that came up in my mentions when I threw that question out there. I think that the most common responses were, I said Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, uh, Pumpkin from I Love New York or Flavor of Flavor, whatever it was, Flavor of Love, uh, Roberto Alomar and Bill Romanowski, and then Seinfeld. Those were the top five spitting okay. incidents that I I didn't hear I you mention Bill, mentioned. but, man, that one was crazy because it was at point-blank range and it was player-to-player. <laughs> Yeah, just no, no. spitting right in somebody's face. It's, it's wild. Crazy, man, crazy. And then another thing I wanted to bring up with you is the uh, the F. Trey Young chance, yeah. um, which I can be okay with, but I think that we should try to keep it uh, family-friendly. I would hate to have to take my young son or daughter to a game and have to explain um, that chant to them. I mean, Trey Young sucks. That's cool. But when you go into using the profanity, I think um, we want to try to keep it PG, I would think, in, a, in an arena like that. I think that's the line, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, like when you talk about what's the line, I think that's it, right? Like, and it, it, when I say that, I mean, I would not chant that at somebody. Right, I'm just right, not gonna, right, right. I'm just not going to chant F you to somebody. <laughs> I'm just not yeah, man. I, yeah, I mean, like, Trey Young sucks, I get, but that's, over the, that's a little over the top. And then yeah. the last thing I wanted to say um, is that, yeah, the guy who spit on Trey Young, I think they should bring uh, criminal charges against him. Uh, the guy who threw the popcorn on Russell Westbrook, I think a ban for life may be appropriate. But to be honest with you, I think that one is getting a little blown out of proportion uh, with the popcorn. Um, I, it is a sign of disrespect, so I think the ban for life is appropriate. But um, I think that the media kind of gave that one a life of its own. I don't think it in anywhere approaches like spitting on somebody or even the beer getting thrown on somebody because uh, it's wet. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, no, I, you can shake off pretty easy. You know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But nevertheless, you wouldn't walk up to somebody and dump popcorn on them. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. And if you did, you better expect to fight for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I do get it. Um, but I, I think that I, I would say that one I can I can live with a little bit more than any of the rest of the incidences. Um, and it's it is kind of over the top, but I, I can it's, live with that one. It just shows you where somebody's mentality is, though. Like again, you wouldn't. And thanks for the comment. You wouldn't just go dump popcorn on somebody. Obviously, you wouldn't spit on somebody. The F chant. I, I say that's the line because you know that's in good fun, right? Like you know. That's part of the spirit of the game, and you know that's really just a kind of a t- compliment to Trey Young in, in a weird way. It's a compliment because he's been so good that they want to chant that. At the same time, that's not something I'd say with my chest. I, I just can't be compelled to do that. So I, 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 that's where I'm, I'm saying, you know, that's the one that I, ha- I think has a little bit of a, a gray area, right? Like a, or, or I could understand if you say, come on, that's just sports, that's just fans. At the same time, I can also understand you go, come on, you don't say that to another human being. Are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where the, the line is to me, and you can determine where, which side of that line you fall on. I would tend to think there are better things to chant, and, and it's just kind of dumb, even if the whole thing overall is fun. Chris in Wisconsin. Chris, you're up next on the show. What's going on? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. So I just wanted to kind of point out some uh, – history of of fan abuse in fact specifically for basketball a term that really does not get used anymore is cagers and uh, older fans like myself remember this term and there's a reason why they were called cagers basketball players and that is 
the cage was used for two purposes. One, it was to protect players from Ruley fans who used to throw bottles <laughs> at the players. The second part is was to prevent basketballs from going into the crowd and being stolen <laughs> by fans who would, I have got a free basketball, I'm going to take it. So I'm kind of speaking a little tongue-in-cheek here, but one potential solution would be a return of the cage or some form of it, which is basically a way to separate the players, uh, you know, from the fans. There's unruly, in, in a weird way, fan behavior is better now than it would have been 100 years ago. I mean, the players would have been getting into fisticuffs with fans. So there, there has been an improvement, but it's bad. I'm not a fan of, of, of abusive behavior. I always feel like root for your team and don't, you know, be more positive towards your team. But I know that's kind of a Mary Poppins uh, view. But I agree with the last caller. I think a really good line would be kind of a PG. If you're doing something that was, is really offensive, that doesn't belong in an arena, especially when there's going to be kids around and, uh, you know, cheer for your team. But I think part of it, too, is uh, if there had been a, an incident of fan abuse, say, in the 1940s, there probably wouldn't have been a story written about it. So uh, now there's going to be a lot of attention. So that's part of it. We're aware of this more. Players probably are more sensitive. I don't blame them for being sensitive, but they are probably more thin-skinned in some respects. And I think a lot of it is distilled down to fans feel entitled. that they buy that ticket, don't tell me that I can't swear. Don't tell me that I can't uh, abuse a player. And it, and it, it just, it's, it's, it's faulty logic, but, but I wanted to get the, the comment about the cagers in there because it, it provides a little bit of historical information and potentially a solution or some form of that. Yeah. Look, uh, um, and thanks for the call. I, I looked it up while you were talking. I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think anybody wants that. I think that diminishes the product. It makes it look strange. I, I, I guess in a sense, that's what you have in hockey, right? Just a, a different, um, way or, or the, the idea of netting in baseball. Um, but it, this is just about individual responsibility. It, it really is what it comes down to. And that's why it's so hard to, that's why it's so hard to properly address because it's, it's an individual's actions an individual's responsibility. And you have these individuals who are, are acting in a way where, okay, they receive punishment banned from arena. They could even receive punishment and be arrested. But does that stop the next individual from doing the same thing? I don't know. And I I think that the, the you know from the, the bigger picture aspect of it, it, it shows you again a microcosm of society. And secondly, you know, sometimes the the dehumanizing of athletes that we see because they are larger than life, because, you know, fans feel like being a fan, entering those buildings, gives them some sort of pass that they wouldn't have in real life. Now, transitioning a little bit uh, to, this is related but not related, to what um, is happening with Naomi Osaka in, in tennis. I don't know if everybody saw this story, so uh, I'll set the, the table for you, because it's not like we, you know, spend a, a ton of time on tennis, but I, I think... This is interesting um, and gets to the heart a little bit of what we were talking about. And it's something that requires more nuance. And she's a star, right? I mean, she, she's a star, the, one of the, the biggest tennis stars in the world um, and, and has, has become 
a, a bigger and bigger star over the last several years. But she decided that she will not speak with the media during this year's French Open because of the toll that the news conferences take on a player's emotional well-being. She, she cited mental health, saying um, you know, she's not going to speak and, and do press conferences. And that has led to some blowback, people saying it's weak or whatnot, or it's an excuse. It's also led to some support, people saying, you know, do you. And then the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, had said that it is uh, in support of, of mental health issues, of course, but that it is important for their athletes and players to, to speak to the fans and, and the media. And, you know, look, there's, I think, two fairly simple ways you can take it. You can say, do your job, suck it up. Or you could say, you know, your health, mental health is more important than any of that. I mean, those are the two um, easy ways to go with it. As far as, as just unpacking it a little bit, look, it's very fair to say that it is part of the professional responsibility. It is part of doing the job, like it or not. We all have aspects of our job we may not like. Things we have to do, responsibilities we have to undertake that we may not love. And that may just be the breaks, right? Like, So th- that is, is fair. It, it, it is part of the, the job, even if the job is to be a tennis player. It, it's part of what comes along with it. Just like when you, know, you, you saw with Kyrie um, earlier this year, s- skipping media obligations. At the other side of it, this is what I, you know, was talking about with treating athletes as individuals and human beings. Osaka's clearly like, you know, she she's actually made a name for herself in the way she's handled some of her post-match interviews and the like. Remember when she, when she flipped it on Tom Rinaldi when he had asked what the significance of her wearing the mask with the various names of of, of victims of police brutality and she had um said you know what is it what's the significance to you and the way she you know um handled herself after that that first uh victory over serena you know like there 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 have been those moments for her At the same time you could see that she's very shy she's very reserved and you know maybe it is emotionally draining after a match to have to answer those questions or maybe, you know, athletes can be worried that there's going to be this gotcha mentality from the press trying to catch them in the next viral moment or the, the next headline-worthy thing. And, and some people just may not be comfortable in, in those settings. I mean, we've all, we've all gone through a lot in the last year or so, and it can take a toll on your, your mental health and your well-being and all that. So I, I think it's one of those ones... Again, where I don't have this instant, like, I, I got to fall on one side or the, the other. I mean, I, I do think it is very important that people take care of their their mental health. I mean, you don't know what people are struggling with. And and being in that fishbowl where the world's watching you and then everybody's asking you questions and, and you're, you're, you're coming off of a raw moment or, or you may not be in the right headspace, that's, you know, valid. And it's also valid that you would say, hey, that's part of the job. 
That's part of the job. So I was curious what people thought uh, about Osaka um, deciding not to do press at the French Open as well. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We can also continue the conversation about fan behavior um, <laughs> and what it means, what you should do about it. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. We'll get back to the NBA playoffs coming up in, in just a bit after all the action from last night. Plus, want to talk a little bit of NFL. Some storylines out of the NFL this week. You had Julio Jones. Lamar Jackson made some comments about wanting to stay in Baltimore. And then, of course, the Aaron Rodgers saga continues to unfold. <laughs> and, you know, the newest stuff with Aaron Rodgers really just confirms the oldest stuff with Aaron Rodgers and his feud with the Green Bay Packers. I'll explain what I mean by that coming up in just a bit. It is the Robin Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.